Welcome to TL Squared, today's learners, tomorrow's leaders podcast, brought to you by the Ubele Initiative's Young Emerging Leaders Collective, where we discuss a variety of topical, contemporary, and pertinent issues relevant to our experiences. Today's episode is a very timely and interesting discussion around BAME. Please don't kill me yet. I know some of you are gagging, like, oh my gosh, who keeps using the word BAME in 2020? This is what this discussion is all about. So um, I'm going to pass it off to Katie and Leonie to introduce themselves, um, who are joining us in this discussion. So over to you, Katie, first. So my name is Katie, and I've just recently graduated with a sociology degree, and I'm looking forward to doing this podcast in order to kind of raise awareness about the term BAME and whether it's good or bad. But yeah. That's me. <laughs> Over to you, Leonie. Hi, I'm Leonie. I'm also a current member of the YELC. And I also recently completed my master's. And I'm looking forward on having this in-depth conversation about the relevance of BAME. Okay, thank you both for introducing yourselves. Um, I'm not going to waste any more time because I want us to delve straight in. So, what does BAME even mean? I'm sure that, what, okay, Katie, what do you, when you hear BAME, what does that mean for you? So it means Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic, and it usually like refers to a group of people that are not white, so like people from diverse backgrounds, basically. Leonie, you, BAME comes up, what do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, when BAME comes up, I literally just think of the the formality like the policy that which BAME is used like I probably wouldn't use it in my everyday language like I'm not going to see a group of people and be like oh there are the BAMEs it's probably like I'm at work I'm writing something and then I need to refer to a diverse group of people and then I'm like yeah BAME because that's what they know yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think, you know, researching to this topic ahead of the podcast, for me, it was learning that actually back in the day, it all started with, and I don't know if you guys remember this term, quite an oldie, BME. Um, some people still use it, but, and that was just black and minority ethnic. But of course, not all other ethnic minorities are black. So then that's when they added black and Asian minority ethnic. Um, and yeah, I think for me, I definitely agree. Um, it's something that is informal settings. You will never, ever, ever see me address my friends like, hey, my BAME friends. No, um, that is not what I do. But of course, if you see me wearing my suit in my 9 to 5 with my power suit on, the BAME network, is that, that's how I dress. Like, um, and I think there's definitely a thing to what Leonie has mentioned around the spaces that you're occupying. Um, and, but do you think that there's the same understanding of BAME across everybody? And what do you think, like, for example, do you think that maybe black and other ethnic minorities within the black cohort are like black is in the name we're fine um whereas if you're asian and you're like oh actually i don't want to be second to the black and ethnic you know what do you think turn it out there guys i feel like it's just such a i don't know i don't personally like the term bame because it kind of just groups everyone together and it doesn't really it's not specific enough for me. Like, I feel like it's just like collectively just kind of we're grouping everyone together that's from like a diverse background, but then you're not specifically referring to where someone is from because like, so for me, because I'm Armenian, my 
my bit would be the ME bit, the minority ethnic bit. But then that kind of feels like it strips away like my cultural identity. Mm. So it feels a bit like weird. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't personally feel like it's a good term to use. No, I 100% agree. And I think it's what I, that note around, if you're not the headliner, you're like, oh, so now I'm just ME. Yeah, literally. Wow. Literally. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like I feel like the main issue arises when people refer to individuals as they, right? So, you know, we have, you know, our our representation in the cabinet, Pretty Patel. And one white MP was like, Oh look, look at this BAME, this BAME individual, you know, hashtag winning. And I'm just like, why are you referring to an individual as Bane? One person cannot be a black, Asian, minority, ethnic. Like, she can literally be, where is she from? Indi- Ugandan, Indian? I think she is. So. Um, so it's like, I think that's where the issue arises. Like, people overcomplicate the use. It is literally meant to refer to a group of people from various backgrounds when you can't be like, oh, look, there's a Nigerian, the Armenian, the Guardian, the Ugandan, like you don't have time to list out everybody's ethnicities. So you're just like, uh, you know what, babe. But if we have like one, two, even three, I'm going to give you three. I feel like if there's three, you can give me a list. I will accept a list. So I'm not sure you guys recall this. It took a lot of heat in the TL. Um, that's the timeline, Twitter, for those who are joining from a different generation. Um, please don't feel left out. Um, so there's a Northern Irish. Wow, there is a Northern Irish peer called Lord Kulkluni who said on Twitter, "What happens if Biden moves on and the Indian becomes president?" So, according to what we've just said, just call you know a kettle a kettle. So don't just say if the BAME, you know, if the colored individual, you know. So he took he. And people are coming for this man. I'm going to keep my personal thoughts and opinions away from this because I'm meant to be an impartial host. But I want to know what your thoughts are because according to what has been mentioned, we're like, yes, call, call me Nigerian, call me black, call me Armenian, call me Ghanaian. Um, but what happened to Lord Clooney, sir? So yeah, girls, take it away. You know what? I feel like um, when people refer to someone's ethnicity, when it's like, I don't feel like it was needed to do that, like, in that tweet, because you you should only specify someone's ethnicity when it relates to what you're talking about. Like, I just feel like that is just, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't understand why someone would tweet that. And it sounds very, like, offensive as well to be like, oh, like, that's the Indian and whatever. Like, you, you shouldn't say things like that. It sounds quite offensive and almost like you're stigmatising their ethnic background. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's because he added the the. It's like once you add a the in front of any ethnicity, it suddenly becomes rude. Okay, if you're like, oh, what happens when the Nigerian? It's, it just sounds rude. If you're like, oh, so what happens when, so you know, a Nigerian woman? I don't know why, but just adding the the. I'm, so, I'm sure there's some linguist somewhere that can explain the difference between using a the and an a. But when you just call somebody like, Oh, so the Indian. It's just like, wow, you really don't respect. And I feel like that's just quite representative of British culture. Like, people say they are tolerant, 
But then when given the space and the freedom to say what is really on their mind, it is just pure intolerance and racism. Like, first of all, she's not wholly Indian. She's equally Indian and Jamaican. But the fact that it was just that isolated ethnicity, as if to say she is not qualified, that's when I was like, you know what, yeah? Why are you even getting involved? Stay in your Irish business. Okay, so you heard it from, 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 from me first, and you heard it in this podcast first, guys. Stay in your Irish business. It's definitely about, like, what are your intentions when you're trying to say someone's, like, ethnicity? So, like, the example with Lord Kilcuni around just calling Kamala Harris the Indian. Wow, why? It had nothing to do with what the rest of the sentence, so unnecessary, so stop that nonsense. Um, and also, watch your grammar, as Leonie has pointed out. The can be a very, very violent word when used incorrectly. So please watch out for that. Um, but just to wrap that along, I think it's the whole idea that vain, it just compromises all mixed Asian, black, and other non-white ethnicities, according to the Office for National Statistics. But, you know, sometimes use the term that works for you. And if there's one person, call them what they are. So for me, if you see me and you're just trying to, you know, describe me, don't go be about the bush. The tall black lady, that's it, that's me. Not the tall beam lady, I will fight you. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if you guys, any football fans here? Katie, Leone, football fans? No? Barely. 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 World Cup. World Cup. (laughs) Okay, I'm sure you guys are like, I did not sign up for football podcast. Don't worry, you're not in the wrong podcast. Um, I just wanted to know if any of you guys picked up um, some of the heat that... Edinson Cavani has been receiving for a social media post that he put that has since been deleted, um, in which I believe he called some, just a fan um, Negrito, which is like, so I think he just said, someone mentioned a comment and he just replied, Gracias Negrito, which means in English, thanks. Blackie is probably the closest thing that I can translate it to, but in essence, I, guys, you cannot see the video, but I'm getting a lot of side eyes from lots of people here right now. Um, in essence, it's very common in Latin America, like in like Hispanic and Spanish-speaking countries, like to use just your color. Like negro is like commonly used, just like black, and negrito is like a diminutive, which is generally used in an endearing, in an endearing manner. Um, so, what are your thoughts about that, guys? Do you have any? Are you like don't you ever call me that word, like? That's just out of order. <laughs> that is just out of order. Like, why are you... I don't get people that do that, you know. Like, why... It goes back to the same thing that we were saying about why even say that. Like, it doesn't make sense. How does that... And it's offensive, again. It's so problematic to be saying that. Like, I just don't get it. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah, I don't... So, you know, Barbara, you were born and raised in Spain, right? Oh, All right. yeah. So... I don't understand the cultural context. (laughs) Maybe there's a context that I'm missing because sometimes people do things and it's literally like it's normal for them back home. But then when they're on a platform, the people outside are like, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, let's, let's run that back. So maybe if you can literally like, I'm throwing the question back to you. Like, can you, 
just let us know if this is like normal if it is seen as offensive you know if the people outside of the so let's say the anglicized countries were just like wait this is not right but you know the spanish-speaking countries were like oh but it's normal over here like what okay so that's a really interesting question that i will gladly take so so again negrito just means like little black person um and the it is little yeah ito is a diminutive Oh, Ito, okay. So Ito is like, for male, Ita is like a diminutive, but it's like, mm-hmm. it cutesifies it almost, like, why blacky? Like, yeah. Okay. I think that it's a word that is commonly used, um, and generally, like, you, I don't know, if you had, like, your best friend was white, for example, she, she might post a picture of you with a massive heart saying, like, my, you know, mi negrita. And it's very common, and it's very, it's done. Um, and now this raises the question of, is this Stockholm Syndrome? You know, have you been with your oppressor? Well, anyway, let me not go too deep. Um, but it, it really depends. Like, I know friends that will do it and they don't feel offended by it. But I think this also relates to the initial point that I made around what are your intentions? So it can be said in a very loving way. And people, like, if you, that might be your best friend that, like, you're... You're right or die. If that's your best friend and you're speaking about them in that way, they're going to feel weird about it as well. Like, if you're white and you have your best friend's black and you're referring to them or posting about them in that way, surely they're going to, like, that's, they're going to feel weird about it if you're, like, calling them that. I don't know. Unless they're, like, accepting of it, but I just find it weird. I think it's something that's, like, if you're not, in like Latin America or you know in Spain like you'd be like what the heck is going on but it's done I'm not now going to comment whether the trend is changing and actually maybe people are telling their friends like nope that is not me don't you dare um but I wonder whether a discussion is being sparked by what's what happened with this football player on is it okay and ultimately if as an individual like or as culturally agreed like I don't have any qualms about it because I'm black. Like, I am black. So there's not like a, like we just mentioned, is someone calling you black? Whether, and again, and I think it's the, the different cultures at play here because in the UK, there's such a, there's a fear of using the word black. You have been in those offices, guys. You have been in those situations where it's like, oh, have you seen someone? Like, I'm looking for someone. Like, he's like tall really strong eyes, really piercing eyes that really look into your soul, you know, really, like, the nose is very symmetrical, um, your average height, average hair, like, you know, like, really, really, you know, and you're just like, there is one black person in the whole entire office, just say that they're black. Um, and so, you know, I feel like it's so different, you know, because here in the UK, people will spend half an hour describing someone else when all they could have said is, like, they're black. And you'd be like, oh, that, he's over there. He's, he went upstairs. Like, so I think it's a massive culture change. But I think for me, this whole thing sparks the question on how do you feel like that often black can be used as a catch-all term? Yeah. So, you know, in the UK, we have had a history of this thing of political blackness. And for those who don't know what political blackness is or haven't heard about it before, it was basically because in the early 
so in like the 50s, 60s, 70s, mainly 70s, when there were white people and there were other, right? And all of the immigrant communities, so this mainly included like Southeast Asian and Caribbean, like people from the Caribbean, they would come over and they would all be considered black. You are either black or, or white. So it's a binary. You cannot be anything in between. Like you are either black or white. If you're mixed, you're black. If you're Asian, you're black. Literally, you are either or. So what ended up happening is that there was a lot of solidarity between the two communities, between like the Southeast Asian community and also the West Indian community. And a lot of them started identifying as black because it was kind of a label that was put on them, but also they then adopted it as empowering to be like, I am politically black. And the main reason is because they were treated as black, which now saying it sounds problematic because it's like, listen, blackness is, does not mean um, oppression. Like, oh, because you're oppressed doesn't mean you're black. Like, come on now. But back in those days, they found solidarity and they found community coming together under the identity of being politically black. Now we're in 2020 and this phrasing or this language still kind of lingers about and people have a lot of issues with it and I can totally understand why because as a black person I don't like blackness literally being like meaning oppression or meaning like you're marginalized or all of these negative connotations that are associated with blackness like somebody was racist towards you oh you must be black somebody called you the n-word you must be black because that's what used to happen as well back in the day that it doesn't matter if where you are from you are not white they'll just call you the n-word anyhow so yeah that's just a tiny bit about political blackness and how the term black in itself has been used it was kind of like the pre-bame but it's still it still kind of lingers on today, I would say, in some spaces, even in student activism spaces. So, yeah, what do you guys, throw the question back to you guys, what do you guys think about that, Katie? Um, I feel like it might be offensive as well, like, if certain groups identify as black and using, like, oppression as a way to say you're black is, like, problematic because it strips being black just down to being oppressed and that's not what it should be like there's so much more to that so I feel like it's definitely an issue when certain people say if they're not black and they're they're using it or they're saying like I'm oppressed so that means I'm black like that just it doesn't correlate and it doesn't really make sense because there's surely there's more to being black than just being oppressed like that's just yeah I think for me it's really interesting because I'm going to be very honest. I think political blackness is something that's completely new to me. Like, I recall learning about it maybe like two years or so ago. And I think this was around the whole debacle where a university must have added to the can for Black History Month. And I was just there like, I hate to be a bothersome babe, but that it can is Asian, not Black. And then... I just reading into it and having discussions with friends and I was like, oh, it's a thing. People were just, chuck them in. You're not white. Join in. And it's like, I don't know, that very, in some ways, it's a, I don't like the idea of political blackness because struggles are very different. Struggles are very different. Um, and I think perhaps 
And I always acknowledge, and I think these questions have to be had within the context of what was the time. At that time, like Leonie has set out, it don't matter where you come from. If you're not white, they're going to come and insult you. They're gonna come, you know, so it didn't matter. They're still going to get called the N-word. And you might be like, sorry, sir, I'm actually from Pakistan. I'm actually from Bangladesh. And they're like, we don't care. Um, whereas now, like even in school, I feel like our generation, and, like, and by that I mean millennials, we're very much, no, call me by my name or by my race, by my ethnicity. Because in my school, it'd be like, are you Jamaican? Are you from the Caribbean? If so, which island? Because we're not just going to be using Caribbean any, you know, St. Lucia? Okay, you better get it right and call me that, say that I'm from St. Lucia. Oh, are you from Nigeria? You know, we really dug deep into labels. And I think for me, political blackness is just being like, I don't know. I just, doesn't sit quite right with me. But Leonie, like, I'm going to call you our expert on this. What's your thought? And where do you think that we're going with the, is political blackness gone or are we still seeing remnants of people still using that? Yeah, so like I said, the main place that I encountered this was in student activism, right? So the National Union of Students, they have a black students campaign committee. And as I discovered while running for to be a representative at my uni, black men basically bane. And I was confused because I was like, that was not clear. I mean, it did say students of black, Asian, Arab, like it listed everybody out, but the overall title was black. And I, for some reason, I don't know why they are still holding onto it so much because other areas have adopted BAME. Like you're not going to go into a workplace and actually you might go into a workplace and see a black committee and see non-black people, people of color there. So there's that. But I do feel like we are moving on from it because we realize that, you know, we have to celebrate our differences, but I do understand the solidarity that it did bring. And maybe we're losing a bit of that solidarity because realistically in the UK, black people specifically are just about 4%. The Asian community is probably making around 8%. The other, other, I don't even know, cheeky one, 2%. So if you combine all of that together, you then get somewhat of a sizable like um, block of people who can petition and put pressure and make change if they come together. But I do understand that like, guys, please let's just be moving on with the times. Language is very important. Language alone will put people off. If people come to a black student meeting and then they just see non-black people, they're going to be like, you guys are clearly not serious. <laughs> and also, I'm surprised that a lot more non-black people don't complain about feeling erased. That's what I was a bit like. So you guys are okay with this? Because if it was me, I would be like, excuse me, nobody here represents me. I don't feel represented by the name, but that was just a very long-winded way of saying that we just need to move on with the times. And even BAME, like going back to like the first point, like even BAME is seems like it's moving on now. Seems like we're slowly rejecting BAME and moving to POC. And even then, people have issues with the term people of colour, which I understand as well. But we have to realise in this world, there is never going to be a perfect label. Yeah, no, I think that's one thing that everyone needs to acknowledge. And I think 
many of the points that you noted are really relevant to us today. So I think always remember that for some of us to run, people had to work before us. And I think for me, Bain did that. Political Black did that um, in terms of like people gathering together and saying, yeah, this is not okay. Like, what can we do? Does it hurt me that Black is always acquainted with like suffering and struggling? It does. Like, or like everyone, you know, if you're experiencing racism, then call it a politically black who can jump on this and like really help make change. The notion behind that for me is a powerful one. But I don't like that black had to be used the word to do so. Like it could have been like, I don't know, anti-racism. Like, or I don't know, give yourself a new term to just say, we are tired of suffering. Um, we're not gonna have it. And I think just, you know, on a an actually reading a Guardian article around this and the whole notion of like the political blackness was being used by many in the British anti-racist movement in the 70s um, to just form a group to, for anyone affected by racism. So for me, political political black, let's accept. BAME, I, think, I still think it's helpful in entering spaces. If you have an organization that has not a single one ethnic minority in the leadership board, let's talk about BAME. But in three or four years' time, when we have get to that leadership board and there's, I don't know, not a single black leader in that group of 50, then we can say, can we drop Bane? Because I'm looking at every single organization that thinks they're going to fool us in 2021 saying, oh, we have uh, Bane people on our board. Um, oh, okay, guys, I'm going to stop here because I'm getting, I'm getting hands. Come on, Katie, Leonie. Um, yeah, I was going to say that um, with like everything going on like recently and with the Black Lives Matter movement, I feel like it's businesses in particular, they're kind of using that to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to hire BAME candidates. Yeah, we want diversity. And they're like cham- championing like for diversity. But there's a bit in my mind that's like, to what extent is that true? Like you actually do you actually want diverse people on your team? Or you just doing it to look good to prove that you have enough enough like people from diverse backgrounds. So with that, it's it's like hard because I'll see like jobs like recruitment agencies and stuff, and it's like for BAME candidates to get roles or for this and that. But like it's it's just whether it's trustworthy in the same way as like are you do you actually care about mm-hmm. us as individuals or are you just trying to look good as a company? Do you actually fight for equality and like against injustice or is it like you know just there to look good (laughs) yeah listen british government i'm looking at you british cabinet i am looking at you you're out here like we have the most diverse the most diverse cabinet in history okay but All of the diversity is from one continent. All of the diversity is even from one sub-region in said continent. (laughs) Like, and then when, I forgot, one um, journalist asked Boris Johnson, okay, but what about the lack of black people in your cabinet? Because you talk about BAME, but the, the B is silent. Right now, it's even just A. It's just A. You have A in your cabinet. Boris was out here fumbling as per usual, talking about how it's so diverse still and that they have plans. But my issue is that do we even want a black person in that cabinet? That's another story for another day. 
okay, guys, Leon is coming hard. Leon, she's not finished. She's not finished. Um, we're gonna run to ding, ding, ding. Come on, keep it, keep at it. No, but that's literally it. Like, I feel like when you speak about BAME, and there clearly is only one section of said BAME, even then, you don't even have to say BAME. You can just say we have a lot of Asian representation, and that's absolutely fine, because then you know who to focus on, and then you know, like, maybe where you're slacking and where you're lacking. Clearly, as for me, I don't think it's... I don't think it's useful having... A black person in that cabinet but I am sure there are lots of black conservatives who feel underrepresented by not being in cabinet so for you man you know you you black Tories over there you do your thing and you reach the highest of the highs but I do think that's when it becomes a lot less helpful when you clearly only have one of the BAME and you're still referring to as BAME I cannot applaud that statement and more if I could, because I think there's just a massive issue around that. We will, we're not, we're not children. We look at the data and we look at the facts. So like Leone said, if you have, and if you have Asian people in your cabinet, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do your thing. Yes. But say that. Don't come and throw beam at us because you don't have, like Leonie has mentioned before, um, and as it's been touched on already, if there's all from the same area, just so that you have, a, you know, this a diversity of Asian members in the cabinet, and that's that's your achievement, and clap for it. But don't just use BAME to um, hide any changes or hide the fact that actually perhaps you're not as diverse within the BAME that we could be, and that could be your thing to work on but you're not fooling anyone. You're certainly not fooling the Yell C. So Young Emerging Leaders Collective. We're seeing you guys. We're seeing you. Um, wow. Okay. So we're getting close to the end, guys. And I think I'm literally sitting here looking at the window. The clouds are there. And I'm just thinking, where do we go from here? What do we call ourselves? And this is not, not just a question that more broadly for the whole BAME collective, please don't drag me guys. Um, it's more around, I want you to find out from you around personally, what, how do you like to be addressed? So anybody who's listening to podcasts, when they get to meet us, we'll be able to say, just call you by the name you like to be addressed. And also more broadly, what kind of binding terms do you enjoy? It might be BAME, it might be people of color, it might be ethnic minorities, it might be global majorities, whichever one it is, please let us know. I'm going to kick start with you, Leonie. So, yeah, I think what it boils down to is that people don't like to be, an individual doesn't like to be referred to as a collective, right? Uh-huh. And when I think about your question about what do we like to be called, I do think about the Young Emerging Leaders Collective because we are literally a diverse group of people. We have Africans, Asian, even Latin America. Like, we are actually a very diverse group. And if somebody wanted to refer to our group, I'm thinking, how do they refer to our group? Personally, me, I, I... I don't have a problem with the term BAME when used in its intended purposes. I don't mind people calling our collective a BAME collective 
because that's what it is. I also don't mind them calling us a people of color collective mm. because that's just what it is. I don't hate the term BAME when used for its intended purposes. Me and you are going to fight if you refer to me, I, person, individual, as BAME. Like, if I'm in your company and I'm the only black person there and then you start speaking about BAME statistics, then we're going to fight. Because what BAME? What BAME? It's just me. It is a black. It is the black. Okay? So that's, I think, where... I lie right now and I can definitely understand people's issues with it. I just think that people have, people are just not utilizing it correctly. And that's when people get angry. Wow. Really? I think it's really an interesting perspective. And I think I agree in many of the points you've mentioned, but I'm going to pass it on to Katie to get your insight, Katie. I agree with Leonie. Like if you're referring to an individual as BAME, that's just weird. Um, you should just refer to their ethnic background. I feel like for me, it's definitely like in terms of the way it's used, if it's like a big group of people, then that, that sounds better because if there are loads of people from diverse backgrounds, it's easier to use the term BAME. But then individually, you should be specific when you're talking about a specific individual and just keeping, like, making sure that you're not offending the person as well. Because if I was to be referred to as BAME, I would be like, I'm no, like, I'm not black, I'm not Asian, I'm of a minority, but like, just just say I'm Armenian or just say I'm Middle Eastern or whatever. Don't try to just collectively put that label on me as an individual. Um, but I definitely agree that like these conversations need to happen in order to kind of see where people's heads are at and there's also something I was going to say as well which is that my sister is in the acting industry and she's recently become part of this collective of people and it's called Mina Arts and it stands for Middle Eastern North African so it's a group of people um, in the creative industry and it's kind of given them a platform to just do like acting or like singing because a lot of the time when people cast like actors or actresses they can't find a middle eastern actor so they'll just go for like a white person to play like a middle eastern role whereas this group mm. kind of is there to show casting directors that there's loads of people in this like pool of people that you can use for your creative industry so i feel like i like things like that because then it shows the underrepresented groups are gaining awareness and yeah that's what it's all about we just need to keep our identities and yeah it's really important i i really love all the perspectives that you guys have shared and i think it's so important to ensure that everyone knows that we are individuals and i need everyone to be reminded that we are a global majority um but ultimately and and within that is that's why i know that some black people like don't call me an ethnic minority because globally we're a majority um, and I know that it, often it can be um, easy to just say like, oh, my friend likes to be called Bane, so I'm just going to do the same for everybody that I meet that's not white. That does not work out. The same way that I know some Irish people will fight you if you call them, you know, British first before, you know, they're like, I'm Irish. Don't get that twisted. Um, so respect that for everybody else. Like for me, if you meet me, call me Nigerian, call me Spanjurian, um, because... I was really born and raised in Spain, but all the way to Nigeria, always and forever. 
your Igbo, your Igbo babe here. Um, so I think it's the idea of being individual. Like many of my friends that meet me, will, I will tell you that I'm Spongerian. Some people do not acknowledge that I have made that up and truly believe that that's the place in the world. It is not. Um, and I think it's that thing of being unique and deciding what that means for you. And I think in the right setting, BAME, I have no problem. Um, in the wrong setting, BAME, I have multiple problems. But I'm also seeing a trend on being called blackity black. So, you know, if that's you and you're like, I do not want you to ever come to me and call me BAME or as an ethnic minority, like, call me black because I'm blackity black. So if that applies to you, um, tell the world, let them know. And I think there's definitely a thing of giving, and at least for me, I give you grace. Like if you meet me for the first time, I call me like a term that is not the right term for me, I will let you know because you're not a mind reader. But after I've told you what's up, please remember. Because we're all individuals and the same way that Katie's Armenian and should not be made to feel othered with the being M-E within the being. Call her Armenian, guys. She's Armenian. And Leonie, call her Ghanaian. Call her British Ghanaian. Call her Ghanaian British, whichever way she wants her to be called. It's all about finding what works for individuals. I'm really going with it. Um, and it's a journey and it will change. In 10 years' time, it might change. Um, and just don't be defined by that. The same way that we stopped using colored, thankfully. So now we're going to move on to something else. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining and thank you for this amazing discussion. Um, and I hope you have all enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to ask for any last words from anyone. Leonie, Katie? It's been great. It's been great to discuss uh, the term BAME and I hope that this podcast kind of spreads awareness more about how individuals should be addressed and what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, same. I totally agree, Katie. I really do hope that people realise that BAME is more of a formality, industry, working label rather than something that should be in your everyday language when referring to individuals. When you fill out forms for funding, they also institutionalise or have an infrastructure that requires you to use the term BAME, which I think people understand. But I do love the fact that people are doing more stuff which are based on different segments of ethnicities and really championing that and being like, yeah, this is only for black people, we move. Yeah, this is only for Asian people and what? This is only for the MENA gang. Okay, where do we go from here? <laughs> so yeah, I really do. I really do like that. So thanks for, you know, this conversation, this discussion, and I just loved hearing your perspectives as well. Um, well, guys, I think there's not much for me to add. Thank you so much for taking part and joining us in our very first podcast. Um, if you want to keep up with what we're doing, please do reach out to us on Yell Collective and Yell that's Y E L Collective double L. Don't forget that on Instagram and Twitter. Um, follow us, share, tell your friends, your family, um, and watch out for the next podcast coming out in January 2021, where we can hopefully we'll be putting this terrible 2020 behind us. Um, and we'll be discussing all things New Year, New Me. In the meantime, also check out www.jubele.org for more information on what we do. And if you're interested in joining us um, and joining the team and the activities that we'll be putting on, thank you very much.